ACP Church family, welcome to the No Borders podcast, where every week we will discuss the sermon and share some personal takeaways. Hey, what's up, CP family? Today we are discussing the new sermon series called Half-Hearted, where Pastor Tom opened us up with half-hearted commitment. We are walking through the book of Malachi, as Pastor Tom said, verse by verse, paragraph by paragraph, where we're discussing the conversation that God is having with his people. All right, so welcome to the third part of the sermon series of Half-Hearted. Pastor Tom brought us the message today, and today I have my sister-in-law, Kyla, again, and then Pastor Devon. Hey. And so we will be uh, discussing a little bit, giving some personal takeaways, but just to kind of start off, is there anything that really stood out to either one of you today from the sermon? I mean, just like that. That's, that's how like we. That. That's how we gotta go. Okay. All right. Well, what stood out was he placed us that are that um, follow that role of pastoralship that we've been placed in that role or we've accepted that role. He put us on blast. Yeah. <laughs> that's yep. what he did today, right? Uh, he told Pastor us that we Devon can, is here. I, mean, anyway, I see we're going to keep using that too, right? That title. So uh-huh. let's let's stop for just a minute. Okay. Let's just say Devon. Uh, uh, okay. He okay. played no games with what to expect from your leadership mm-hmm. in, in the church. He played no games with that today. That's what hey, that that's what the initiate was for me. So what about you guys? I mean, yeah, I think uh, you know, it was a good instruction for us not in mm-hmm. leadership to just be aware of who we're listening to. Right. Um, what we are um taking it, you know, who we're taking advice from, where we're getting our Christian, you know, I guess principles from, um, and kind of calling out like what podcasts we listen to, what, you know, what blogs we read, all that kind of stuff, um, making sure that those people in leadership are, you know, following basically those four points that he talked about. So, right. Especially when he mentioned the church in Acts, how they just, how they kept putting to test what the um, leaders of the church were saying. That's right. Yeah. And so he kind of started off by saying, you know, this is not just a sermon just for the pastors out there. This is, this is something for everybody. And so as he, you know, read from first Peter two, nine, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. So just starting off, this isn't just a sermon. You know, this is a sermon for everybody. If you call yourself a Christian, you call yourself a Christ follower, you know, you are held to this, you know, esteem. And so making sure that you you take this this sermon to, to heart and, you know, making sure that there's a whole list of curse that kind of come come later from he reads in Malachi and everything. So it's uh, definitely something that you have to consider when you are somebody that's up in the up on the pulpit, but also just anybody, you know, that's calling yourself a Christian. Definitely. Yeah. Right. I hadn't I, I had not taken that aspect of that scripture before calling us all priest. I right. had not I had not done that or thought about it from that aspect. And knowing that Christ is the the head priest. He's mm-hmm. the high priest. And knowing that, we know that because we say that, we read that, but I'm calling us all priests because we are followers of him. That was a little different for me, that take on that. Definitely. I think that first point, like, you know, when it talks about what we look for in a pastor, and the first one was looking at, you know, you know, their passion for for God and, and making sure that God is glorified in everything that they're talking about, and it's not their own agenda, um, is something that um, I think with social media and with um, all of the different platforms, it's easy to get kind of swayed about 
almost like a celebrity type of situation. Mm -hmm. Um, So really being aware of that was, um, I don't know, a good kind of checkpoint for me on who I'm looking at. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I think that I'm doing good, right? Like, "Ah, I'm following these. And then I'm like, are they though? Like, are they really uplifting their own agenda? You know? Yeah, and that that's the point that he made about the the church in Berea talking about the an, an acts and you know they didn't just accept whatever doc, doctrine Paul and Silas were were preaching they they looked at the scriptures they they actually you know put the work in and right. sometimes we can just be lazy and we just say oh well this person's got a bunch of followers so I I, I guess I can trust what they're saying right. or right. you know I, I they said something cool last week so maybe I'll just keep following that but that's the that's our culture right now yeah. right you, that pastor is put on a platform for what he said and but when he said the wrong thing, if the right person catches it, then he's canceled. So we have to keep putting that to the test on what is being said so that we know that we are following. We're listening to the right person. Mm-hmm. We, ha- we have to make sure that we are doing that. And we have to make sure we're doing that on a consistent basis. A person doesn't really show you who they are the first time you meet them. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So that goes for their sermon as well. You listen to that first sermon. You may, you know, you may be okay with it, like, oh, that was good, mm-hmm. but you've got to keep listening to really find out who that person is and where they're really coming from. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, that whole premise of how do we know if we're actually being deceived? How do we know that we're going down following somebody that isn't really aligning with scripture? And a lot of that time that is is putting good people in your corner, but getting into the scriptures yourself. So I really commend Centerpoint for having a teaching team. And so Mm -hmm. having different people from different backgrounds, from different, you know, walks of life coming together and applying scripture from, you know, from a a biblical way. And so making sure that, you know, they can kind of talk with each other and they can kind of keep each other accountable if they are, were to say something that didn't necessarily align, or maybe it's just something I heard as a, a kid that, you know, I've just kept repeating, but actually that's not necessarily biblical, mm-hmm. you know, how, how do we, how do we as Christians keep that accountability, keep that discernment alive so that we don't fall down those traps? I mean, it's a, it's definitely a, a very, like, like you said, with social media and everything, it's, it's something that happens a lot and we have to be on guard for. Mm-hmm. Was that a, a segue to the second point? Cause I think it was. <laughs> Look at bro. Us, what oh. So tell us what that second point is. You, you do it. Kyla. Okay. <laughs> I will. It's teach the truth of words God or God's word. Words God. <laughs> God's word. So, I mean, I think uh, that what you just said about Center Point, just making, um, you know, having that teaching team and, and making sure that we're we're really again, it's not the agenda of whatever the current times are, or what we're mm-hmm. you know focusing in in our world, but what what does God have to say about you know the church and, um, the principles of the church. So that was point number two, guys. (laughs) You're welcome. Keeping us on track. Thank you. Yeah. We we appreciate that. (laughs) We appreciate that. Point, point number two. So it's a point number two. Um, Kyla, good job. What is your, (laughs) what is your expounding on point number two? Well, um, kind of like he said, so sometimes far too often appearance, charisma, and presentation can trump biblical truth and personal integrity. So we have to make sure that we're checking ourselves, make sure that we're understanding that even if this person sounds eloquent, sounds like they've got, you know, biblical truths, is it just something that I personally believe? Is it mm-hmm. just something that like, you know, echoes what what I already kind of believe or is it something that's founded in scripture? And so I think that like I said, I commend Centerpoint for being a church that has 
different backgrounds, different people of, you know, different political leanings, different, you know, ethnicities, different, all, all of these things coming together so right. that we can, you know, understand what the Bible says, taking it from different, you know, different lenses. People are looking at the scripture from different walks of life and everything. When he mentioned that, he talked about um, the pastor that would, how he increased his membership by talking about politics. He would give a, a big segment of his sermon of talking about politics. That's not something we really do at Centerpoint. But that's not something we're really able to do at Centerpoint either because the backgrounds, like you said, are so different. Mm -hmm. I mean, we go from one end to the other, but that's also definitely the beauty of our church. And we can speak to that from scripture. We can speak to that from scripture, having different backgrounds, but coming in for one reason, coming in for one reason and making sure that reason is expounded from the pulpit to the people and it being checked every time. For someone who is often forced on that platform, <laughs> he, um, Pastor uh, yeah, he makes sure, Pastor Tom does a good job of making sure we are giving the biblical truth. And if, we, and if he doesn't feel like we are, he's going to push us on it. He's going to ask us, and where did you get that from? Mm -hmm. You know, and then we have to prove it to make sure. We don't take it lightly on what we're giving, what we're giving to God's people. And he makes sure that we don't take it lightly either. Hey, yeah. so fun fact growing up, for those of you who don't know, I'm the daughter. <laughs> we all know. Uh, we, okay. we know. Well, that I'm just known. letting the <laughs> listeners know. The new listener. Um, like um, growing up, I would ask him questions, super, you know, like tough questions. Like, hi, like, what do you think about, you know, these super hard biblical questions? And he'd be like, well, what do you think? Go and research it, and then we'll come back and have a conversation. And it would make me so mad. It's like, I just believe what you believe, so just tell me. And he's like, no, you're going to believe what you believe because you researched it and then we'll have a discussion about it. Mm, and um, yeah, I mean, it was annoying. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I didn't want to research. I just wanted to, I was looking for the, just the answer, but um, no. So I, I think that he challenges, like you said, in the same way, like what he challenges you guys to do, the, mm. the pastor team, like figure it out and we'll, Let's have, let's talk about let's it. Let's talk you know? about it. Let's talk about it. You're not necessarily going to say it, but let's talk about it. You know, <laughs> research it, and then he'll tell you you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But no, I think that's that's one way that you can go about it. With you know, listening to a sermon, are they just using references from quotes or books or you know people's interpretation, or are they actually? using scripture. And so sometimes we can get up there and be like, man, that was a great sermon. And then you realize, did they even mention a actual scripture? Oh, right. <laughs> and so, so, but, but that's a good way to check it. It's like, are they diving into the Bible and afterwards reading the context surrounding that? Because, you know, you can take little scripture, little lines of scripture out of context and it can mean completely not what it's intended to. Right. It can become something totally different, which yeah. is what we would find in so many other aspects of, of ministry, uh, the prosperity gospel. They take that one line and it becomes something different, or uh, I'm not going to keep naming movements because then I'll get in trouble. Uh -oh. But <laughs> there's a, a current movement that's happening that it's, or scripture is being taken out of context and it's only pointed at the movement. They're only picking scriptures to point at the movement that's becoming quite ugly. Mm -hmm. And it's so ugly that it's now becoming political. It's just a situation that we have to be careful of as a church. And the way that we are careful about it is that we have to read as a church. We have to study ourselves as a church, which we talked about today, right? Mm -hmm. We have to be the ones to go back and read whatever was said from the pulpit and verify what it was said. And if not, hey, we got to be called out on it. That's right. Yeah. 
One of the ones I, I like is uh, Dave Ramsey kind of goes into where he says, you know, people oftentimes think that money is the root of all evil. And, you know, they quote that as like something that's coming from the Bible, but it's not money is the root. It's the love, the love of, money. of money. And so it's just that little change, you know, and, and so, um, but also, you know, he kind of <laughs> ra- wrapped up with um, going into, you know, not being judgmental with, you know, going into we're all works in progress with this. And so, mm-hmm. but it does, I mean, a lot of times when somebody does mess up or what somebody does say the wrong thing, we can just not talk with them about that and, and just discount them as a whole person. And so not doing that, not going that route. And I think that that's something that I saw a lot of happening during the pandemic was we were so disconnected. We were so disjointed as communities that we just, you know, looked at one thing somebody said from years ago, or we, we look at it out of context and we just discount that whole person's, you know, ministry or that whole person as who they are. And so actually having the conversations and actually, you know, bringing together and, and looking at scripture, if you do disagree with something, you know, sit down with the person that you're dis, uh, disagreeing with and just say, all right, what does this actually say? Rather than just, you know, calling them out and saying they're, you know, preaching something that's not true. And so and to I, have a discussion. Yeah, I think, too, you know, what he was talking about was, you know, like that show on Hulu and stuff like that. Um, when we, we as a church need to s- stay together because it really does just shut, like shed such a bad light on the church as a whole mm-hmm. when we are, you know, participating in like, you know, you know, being belittling towards towards people in leadership, church leadership that have made mistakes, you know, and have, you know, I think there's an inability to hold them accountable and all that kind of stuff, but to really stick together and be like, okay, they made a mistake. You know, Mm -hmm. God still is going to be glorified through, you know, through this. Yes. Your dad said that he, he, he made that very clear. And I was so (laughs) thankful he did that. Mm -hmm. Pastors are just like everyone else. Yeah, They have a bigger responsibility because of the calling, right? But they need the same grace. Mm-hmm. They need the same grace to be extended. We're all human and mistakes are made because we think one way doesn't mean it's the right way, right? We're all human and we need that. We need that grace. That's like, right. It's important for the church to extend that grace. Very important for the church to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he also said, um, kind of going into, you know, if you're listening to, to someone whose kingdom is is truly being built, mm-hmm. you know, what what can you take away from that? Is it when you listen to somebody, are are they glorifying themselves? Are they, you know, going just to sell their next book or whatever? Or are they, you know, truly building up the kingdom of God? And so, you know, checking that, making sure that you're understanding, you know, asking questions while you're while you're listening to somebody like that. What question did you ask today while you were listening? Mm. Oh. 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 I don't, what question did you ask? The question I asked <laughs> was for myself when he started off about... Um, letting go of those things that you miss, right? Letting, letting go of those things. And then you miss them later because you, because you let them go. Mm -hmm. Right. I believe that as a, as a, as a culture, we had seen numbers, record numbers where we were letting go of church. The millennials were called the, the only population that was going to go away from the church and never come back. After the pandemic, we're seeing a difference. I think that it's something that as a culture, we missed so much and we saw we, we, we felt the emptiness, we felt the, the void, and now it's something that has now value that needs to be filled, that void. So I think we, as a, I think we missed it. We missed that, and now we're trying to fill it. Yeah, you we, don't know what you got until it's gone. Until it's gone. Is that a song? 
feel like it's a song. I feel like it's a song too. Okay. Now you're going to have me thinking. <laughs> Should we Google it? <laughs> there's, there's somebody listening right there like, oh my yeah, God. <laughs> it's no. a song. <laughs> yeah. but, but, uh, but no, that's a super important point. Like I, I 100% agree. We did see that a lot happening with the um, the pandemic is people, you know, get away from church. And I, I think even not with the pandemic, people go through the, the seasons where you can stray away from church and uh, it's not until that you start to feel that void or, you know, you've replaced it with things that don't actually fill that hunger, that desire in you that you end up coming back and you realize what you, what you had. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's a good question to ask. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And I found, I remember the song now. Okay, sing it. I'm not going to sing it. Oh, come on. You, <laughs> it's a Janet Jackson. It's a Janet oh. Jackson song. Oh. You know what I'm talking about? No. no. I wasn't saved all I, my life. I you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> no. All right. I don't know if I could say one Janet Jackson song. <gasps> I know. Sorry. Oh, boy. I'm okay. going to say the question that probably most, um, I don't know, sticks out to me is um, whenever he was talking about you know, when you're looking for, look at the lives that have changed like within the church. And I guess where I question is, am I really showing how my life has changed being Mm. part of the church? Because that me, I'm the only one that has control of showing like, and Centerpoint has impacted my life in so many positive ways. And it really has been part of a journey of change for me being part of this church. And so am I really taking the time to, to make sure I'm telling people about that? Cause that's, Cause it really has. Um, so, um, I think that's a question for myself, you know, so it, are they really leaving the old and coming into God's new? Like mm. are the people doing that? And I know firsthand center point, the leadership here at the church has done that for me. And am I doing my job and making sure people know that? All right, Kyla, see. Mic drop, but I won't no. drop the mic. <laughs> It'll Please make don't. a lot of noise <laughs> and it might break. <laughs> um, but no, I think that's uh, that's really good, you know, asking questions during the sermon, making sure that you're engaging with the scriptures afterwards. You know, one of the things is, you know, how, how can we emulate that church of Berea in every sermon that we listen to? How can we, you know, have that uh, desire, that hunger to really dive into the scriptures. And so that's something that I, I feel like I need to do more is not just, you know, accepting what is said on Sunday mornings and just, you know, but actually looking at the scriptures that they are referencing and, and really just examining it and understanding it more for myself. And so that I can apply that and help to, you know, explain it in different ways as well. Um, but yeah, so any other, anything that else that came out to you? During the sermon, anything else you want to talk about? I think just the importance of praying for our pastors and praying for the leadership team. Um, you know, we're able to see a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff um, here at Centerpoint and the hearts of the the pastors on staff and, and the leadership team is um, really evident to, to, I know, to, you know, Eric and I. Um, obviously Pastor Devon is part of that team and, and we just see it firsthand and the, the importance of and how lucky we are and how blessed we are, but to to continue to uplift them in prayer because it's it's so necessary um for for them, for their personal lives, for them being part of the church, um, is uh yeah, important. I appreciate so. that. Um just to re- Pastor Tom mentioned um the 
aspect of not being political from the pulpit, not um, disgracing God's altar for that. And he took a stance and said that's something he will never do. Now, we've know, we know that we did lose people because they, they wanted to hear it from the pulpit. They wanted to hear that. But Pastor Tom ended our, the sermon. He ended his, his time with us, um, gave direction. I hope I, can, I hope I can find it or wrote it right. Um, the, yeah, like you said, um, the short list, it needs to be, be on your prayer list. Um, pa- Satan's, pastors are on Satan's short list, mm-hmm. right? We, we know that. So on your prayer list, um, as your leaders go, so goes, so goes the church. And as the church goes, so does our country. So to, like you said, Kyla, to pray for our leaders, to pray for our leaders is very, very, very important. And I think we, because it's something that we can naturally do, but uncomfortably do is pray. Um, I think we forget the power that's found in it. So praying mm-hmm. for our church, praying for our, praying for our church, praying for our leaders, praying for us as a part of the church, pr- making that a, a habit, making that um, consistent, I think is something we need to do. Mm. That's good. No. And so, yeah, I think, yeah, taking that into context, because a lot of times we get super emotional and, you know, want to, you know, depending on what's going on in the, in the day and whatever movement it is, like you said, we, we want, we want the, the church to respond, but the church, you know, scripture doesn't evolve based on what's happening day to day. It doesn't necessarily, mm-hmm. you know, change. And so making sure that when you're hearing scripture, it's consistent. It's not just changing based on, you know, what political events happening that day or that week, that month. Um, but making sure that you, you realize that. And like, like you said, praying for those pastors, making sure that, you know, even just letting them know that you're, you're praying for them. We have a a great teaching team here. They all bring, um, the sermons from different angles and it's, it's, it's really good to have that, you know, that mix of them. And so, yeah, encourage you all to like, like we said at the beginning, emulate that church of Berea, examine the scriptures, making sure that you, um, you know, dive into the scripture and then praying for our pastors, praying for our teaching team. Um, you know, like you said, on, on Satan's shortlist. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else? No, that's right. a great message. Right. Good closing, bro. <laughs> well, we will uh, catch you next time and make sure that you stay tuned for the next week. And um, we thank you for listening. Thank you.